Welcome back to another episode of East Got Game, an unofficial podcast featuring the NBL One East competition for 2023. My name's Jacinta. I'm from the Central Coast Crusaders. And back, 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 back again is Lockie France from the Sutherland Sharks. Hello, Lockie. Hey, Squint. How's it going? Good, good, good. We have just wrapped up an episode uh, about forecasting the men's finals. Now, this episode is dedicated to the women's competition, um, finals forecasting, we're calling it. And, uh, yeah, we've just finished round 12 of NBL One East. We're recording this on the Monday the 12th after the long weekend, so there was no basketball, thankfully for some, uh, maybe not so, so much for others. Uh, but it is the we, – we thought we'd take this opportunity, the break in the competition – to do a finals forecast um, just before we head into round 13 to 18. Um, And especially because if you continue to stay in the winner's circle, you more or less may not get a break uh, between now and NBL1 Nationals if you manage to go all the way. So uh, that's why it was the perfect timing, I think. What do you think, Lockie? I certainly think it is perfect timing. And thank you to the clubs for making it so close this season. It gives us plenty to talk about. Definitely, and that's why it's so exciting, and that's why we say on social media, don't sleep on the East. Um, So the idea of this episode is that we're going to do a bit of a finals forecasting, going through the current ladder as it stands after round 12, um, just to see, uh, just to kind of discuss the road ahead for a lot of these teams, try and make some loose predictions uh, for who's going to end up in the top eight leading into finals. Uh, Will some teams stay consistent and stay in their position? Will they drop? Uh, and all of the other variables and considerations to think about when we're talking about these games. So top of the table as it stands is still the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles with a win-loss record of 13-2. and Yeah, so uh, we'll certainly, certainly a lot will hinge on their game against Center of Excellence, but I've got them going 20-2 and as per the numbers so far, which you'd expect from the top team. Of course, if you're not aware, our latest mail is that the top four teams will get the second chance in finals and fifth through eighth will play elimination finals in the opening round. So that top four spot is definitely massive. But Manly, so they play Hornsby, Karingai twice and Hills. So uh, given the current standings, you'd probably expect those to be three, three pretty bankable wins. They also play Canberra and Maitland in a couple of tricky games and then Centre of Excellence, who they haven't faced yet, and Sutherland, who they touched up at home earlier in the season. But, Squint, I think you're the expert on this one because the one weakness that we've seen from Manly is Nicole Hutchins, a true centre, and that is what they'll face against Canberra as well. Yeah, I think the one big thing that came out of that game uh, last round between Manly and Crusaders was definitely, as you said, it was the exploitation of the inside game. So Nicole Hutchins having one of probably her best game of the last two seasons in my eyes. Um, she Even when they were double teaming her down the post, she would find a way to either shoot over them or shoot through them. Manly have still got Canberra to come with Izzy Bourne who's just coming off a 40-piece against the COE. So she's certainly someone not to take lightly, Uh, definitely someone we can probably expect on a WNBL roster for next season. The other thing with Izzy Bourne is that she can play off the drive, she can shoot a three. She showcased her whole skill set against COE. Uh, It wasn't just all inside the paint. 
Yeah, it certainly warrants a 50-50. I think Canberra could perhaps sneak away with a win in this situation, Lockie. And and similarly in the game against Centre of Excellence, which I have marked down as a win at the moment, but it's by minimal amount, is Isla Jufferman's for Centre of Excellence. Yeah, and they haven't played each other yet, which no. is wild. Like, again, we've talked about a couple of times in some of our past episodes about how weird this draw is where some teams have already played each other twice and then come round 13, it's the first time they're going to play each other for the whole season and it'll be the only time they play each other for the season in some situations, especially with this manly COE. They might not play each other again until the final. So, yeah, I think Isla Juffman is going to be uh, a big factor for that game and I think it's also they've got a young centre named Sarah Portlock uh, as well for COE and she. I wonder if she's going to get more court time given her um, stature. Certainly, but uh, I mean, not to just dump on Manly for five minutes straight. I mean, we've seen throughout the season just how good their team basketball is. Uh, I think if there's one team of a select few in this competition that can adjust to a weakness after it's been found, it's probably Manly. Um, another one you've got down as 50-50 is Maitland, but uh, I, I imagine that Manly would definitely... Yeah, it's probably it's probably more just a game against a potential finals team than a game that's actually 50-50. It's more, yeah, and I think Manly are definitely uh, red-hot favourites in that one, particularly as uh, Maitland, as we'll get to shortly, are uh, soon to lose one of their star players. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, the second team on the ladder at the moment is Newcastle Falcons. Their win-loss record is 12-2. and Mathematical prediction uh, at the end of round 18 is 18 and 4. So very interesting. Um, bankers you've got here as Hornsby, Karingai, Inner West, Penrith and Illawarra. I think they're pretty safe bets. Um, 50-50s you've got Maitland and Bankstown. Talk me through those two. Well, Maitland have already uh, delivered Newcastle loss this season. Uh, and Bankstown, uh, if they have Cappy, Capri Morrow on court, definitely could... Uh, be a very difficult proposition for Newcastle because I think the main question for Newcastle is they've been shorthanded for the best part of forever. I mean, but they keep winning. And can can they keep winning? And uh, tricky games like that, especially against the team you've already lost to in Maitland, uh, I'm not, they're not, not sure they're both Ws as the uh, numbers are shaking out. And considering uh, Newcastle, similarly to Manly, are also a team that do, uh, lack a true centre. Uh, Rachel McGuinnesskin did start the season with Newcastle as the centre, but I've been informed uh, recently that it's likely she won't return for the rest of the season. So they're going to be without that se- that presence. Um, and so it's just as well that Newcastle got the win over COE last round in overtime uh, without that centre presence. So... I mean, Manly and Newcastle, very, very similar on paper. That even makes, you know, Manly's hope beating COE even more alive, I would say. Mm. Um, But for Newcastle, yeah, like you said, they are doing it tough. They're low on numbers. um, But I feel like they're very well disciplined in terms of everyone knows their role and they stick to that role very well. Um, You know, Kingham coming in shooting threes as she does, pretty good distributor on the wing as well, uh, making sure the likes of Curtin and Munger are getting the right shots in the right places. But also Sophie Kleeman's been great in that respect too. And I have really enjoyed how much she 
has grown in confidence with getting her outside game back as well through the season. So I think um, having her as a as an anchor for that team has been really important for Newcastle. Uh, certainly, I remember as far back as round one when they came down to Sutherland and played without Munger, how well drilled uh, they were, whether whether Kingham or Kleeman was bringing the ball up. Uh, it was very noticeable that they knew exactly what set they'd be running given whose hands the ball was in on each occasion. And you did ask the question before, Lockie, you know, they have been shorthanded and how long can they keep it up? Newcastle being Newcastle in terms of their club history and culture, they'll keep it up until the very end. I can't see them going away lightly whatsoever. No, they'll drag themselves over the line if they have to. Yes, I totally agree. And you made a great point here. Uh, um, Their game against Comets will be a big question mark whether Shyla Hill will be at Asia Cup. What What are you predicting? Certainly a possibility, isn't it? Uh, You know, Still haven't had the squad cut down. Uh, it's getting very close. There's only 18 players left in the mix, and they don't all play the same position as Shyla Hill. But I've currently got Newcastle falling to Comets and Norse uh, in, in tight games, uh, especially Norse. And I certainly think that without if Comets don't have Shyla, if she is at Asia Cup and best of luck to her, that's definitely one Newcastle can pick up and it would also put an extra gap between themselves and Comets and could slot them into a top three spot, if not a top two. Uh, they've already beaten Norse this season as well, which I've got them, you know, just on the on the balance of probability just losing. But Comets without Shyla and then Norse, who they've already beaten, I've got them 18 and four. They could finish 19 and three or even 20 and two. Yeah, see, top teams, Comets and North say, I think North will probably get the split on Newcastle. Hmm. Um, but Comets, I think I think Newcastle will beat Comets next next time they come across each other. With or without Shyla? It's going to be tough when it's an away game. I think I think they'll win without Shyla. Yeah, I think I think if you've got Shyla and Vanessa Panousis there against a shorthanded roster, Gets pretty tough. Okay, so coming uh, third currently on the ladder after round 12 is North Bears. Their win-loss record is 11-2. and two, And mathematical prediction after round 18 is 20-2, and two, which is pretty healthy. Bankers, Inner West, Penrith, and Inner West again. So they got Inner West twice in a short period of time. <laughs> 50-50s, Canberra and Albury-Wodonga. So mm-hmm. I'll let you take it from here, Lockie. First, we'll talk about Inner West. I want to see when they play Penrith. But Inner West twice, yes, they're bankers, but would it really be beyond Leilani Mitchell to bury 11 of 13 from beyond the arc or something like that to happen in one of the games? Uh, you know, any team, anytime you've got someone like Leilani Mitchell on the court, it's dangerous. I do think, I'm, don't get me wrong, I do think Norse will get all three of those games. But um, And Penrith, uh, if Tali is back, yeah, they play them on uh, this round 16 on July 15th. Ah, so Talia Tupaya, if she even goes to Asia Cup with New Zealand and is fit, would be back by then for Penrith. Uh, but we'll move on to the 50-50s because these are the teams that are fighting for final spots, but they are also two of the more improved rosters in recent weeks. As we mentioned, Izzy Bourne is back in Canberra. Chloe Tuliak's away with the boomerangs at the moment at the... Global Games for Intellectual Disability. 
And we also saw Bianca Dufelmeyer back on the roster for Canberra. So they've certainly had some improvements. And Aubrey Wodonga, they've added Michaela Pivik and Mallory Bates in recent weeks. And Lauren Jackson's name is still sitting there on that roster. She hasn't played a game yet. Whilst those are the tricky games that they should win, they are far trickier than they looked two or three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. All those late additions have certainly thrown a spanner in the works for um, some of these teams, but as fans, makes it more exciting for us. Um, I think the the Canberra North game is going to be really interesting, but like you mentioned before, you know, Leilani Mitchell has the capacity to make 11 from 13 threes in a game. Um, she will also be met with a tenacious Kate Seabom. Uh, so I don't, I can't imagine Kate letting Leilani get get that many threes. But I think defensively, in terms of matchups, um, Norse will probably get the upper hand. And especially Norse have the one thing that you can't coach unless you've coached the core group for a long period of time is that history with each other. Ah, one hundred percent. It it has won them games. Yeah, like I and I mean flipping results. Uh, yeah, they they've won games, and not just this year in past seasons just based on how long they've all played together. And when they get new players, they just it's it kind of feels like um like the boomers culture, like the Australian national men's team boomers culture. Um in that when a new player comes in, you know, you you come in and you are part of our culture. You know, we've built this culture. You can't destroy it. That's right. It's going to take a lot more to destroy it. You almost have to destroy it from the inside out. Yeah. But um, even then, it's hard to get on the inside to be able to do that. And yeah, and if you don't fit in with our culture, you're not going to be part of this team for very long. No, no. It's going to be like oil and water. Yeah. So with that mathematical prediction of Norse ending the season on 20 and 2, that would actually put them tied second with Manly, who you've also mathematically predicted as ending on 20 and 2. So which I, I really like. I really hope that Norse and Manly can avoid playing each other in that initial 1v4, 2-3 um, situation. I only want to see them play again in each I don't even want to see them in the semi. Grand, grand final. Rematch grand final. of uh, when Snelly was up there for Manly at Maitland, getting them the win. Yes, and that was a, that was a game that was going all Norse's way until like, the last few minutes and it just went all Manly's way and I feel like they just snatched it, the championship from under Norse's nose. But um, And it would yeah. be very – it would it would be very full circle because Manly won that and then their women's program kind of dipped a fair bit and now they're on the way back up. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that was so long ago that Callie Hoverter was playing for Norse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, moving right along uh, in technically fourth place with the same win-loss record as Norse, but uh, sitting fourth based on percentage. You've got Sydney Comets, win-loss record 11-2, and two, also a team that had a very strong start to the season. Uh, mathematical prediction after round 18 is 19-3, and three, which will put them technically above Newcastle. Bankers, they've got Hornsby, Karingai Spiders guaranteed win um but i'm sure christina moore from hornsby will still have herself a double double nonetheless well i just on that i don't know if christina's going to be around much longer because i heard she has to go back and knock off the last bit of her degree oh i see so she's got to go back and do the study but not necessarily yeah take court yeah 
Mm, interesting. She's also just recently signed with a sports agency too. So I'm going to try and keep a very close eye to see what comes of that partnership because hopefully that I really want to see her on a WNBL roster. I want to see her on one specific WNBL roster. Sydney? The fly, the Flames. I'm like, I'm like, surely it's the Flames because, I mean, that's just too too easy of an answer, right? But it was too easy. It's kind of like make, taking an open layup and it's like, am I am I really this open? Um, but we digress. Um, yes. Comets, though, they look like they have a pretty – and Comets next to Bandits and we'll obviously get to Bandits uh, later, but Comets look like they've got a pretty pretty tough road ahead. They certainly do. Yeah, they've got Albury, Wodonga, home and away, um, and Bankstown. And then they've got Centre of Excellence, home and away, Newcastle and North. And, of course, though, the reason they've got Albury, Wodonga and Centre of Excellence twice is because those games were on the weekend where they had to postpone their game due to health and safety protocols. So they still have to squeeze those games in somewhere. And where is it going to happen? Well, when and where, you know, could they play like a double header on the road or a double header at home against someone just to try and fit them in? But also we, this question, this point is going to keep coming up and it won't just be with Comets. It'll be with another team as well is what happens if Shyla Hill goes to the Asia cup because Comets play COE, Newcastle and Albury Wodonga during the week of the Asia Cup. The Comets have to play Aubrey twice and obviously COE twice. Well, yeah, because COE women have to go overseas for a World Cup, or some of them do anyway. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm pretty confident that most of the standing roster of COE at the moment I have been picked to go to the World Cup in July. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're really, really struggling for time to fit in that mm. extra game. And they um, and they already have a double header that weekend where they play Comets up here they go to hills on the sunday and then that's their last game is june 25th so i'm sure people with far greater logistical skills than i madly trying to figure out what to do might have to fit it in on a tuesday because i know that to make up for another game center of excellence played three games within a like five days or something so they might have to do something similar so yes like you said it's going to be a big question mark around uh hills where where shyla hills going to be um but uh, in terms of the 50-50s, I have a feeling that playing Aubrey twice, I reckon Aubrey can, I reckon Aubrey can get a split. Um, regardless of who's there? Yeah. Yeah, regardless of who's there, especially now that Aubrey have, got, uh, have boosted their, their personnel. I reckon mm. regardless of who's there, I reckon Aubrey can get a split. 50-50, you got Maitland, but I can see Comets regardless of who they got. Comets will get Maitland. Certainly. Newcastle and North. Yeah, I think that's pretty well how as it stands, how mm-hmm. as you mentioned. So yeah, key it's gonna be very testing times for Comets um in the tail end of the season. Yeah, it's it seems like the mathematical prediction says nineteen and three, but that could be actually anything between twenty and two or sixteen and six. Massive difference. Yeah. Massive. So yeah, as we were talking a lot about center of excellence uh, and comets, they are actually next on the ladder. Uh, their win-loss record is 13 and 4, mathematical prediction 14 and 8. Mm, because they have an absolute murderer's run home. But again, it also depends on Shiloh Hill. Uh, so they play Hills in their final game of the season on June 25th. But before that, they've got to play Comet, or I think it's Manly this weekend, then Norths, then Comets, 
and then that Hills game, and they've also got to fit that other Comets game in somewhere. So four games against fellow top four opposition. That makes them the fifth now, so against top four opposition. Which is really interesting because last round, uh, you know, in round 12, they lost to Newcastle in overtime, mm. Mm. Um, and they also had a very close game against Aubrey-Wodonga. So I know that when they went to Aubrey, I think they only had seven. Yes, um, because yes. they had players at Basketball Without Borders. Yep, and yes. uh, Jess Petrie as well, who's been out, you know outstanding for them, av- nearly averaging a double-double for COE. Mm. I think she was out with illness, unfortunately. So they've ha- also had some testing times in the last couple of rounds. Um <laughs> Yeah, lower numbers, drop, not dropping some games, but being really truly tested. Um, so I feel like potential to get one, two, th- four big Ws if they have a full roster. Certainly, yeah. I mean, it says 14 and 8, but that's just because they've that prediction 14 and 8. That it's all, all the results are close. Mm. I, I didn't note down the margins that were expected, but they're all very close. And And yeah, like we said earlier, it's, Round 13 and Manly and COE are just playing each other for the first time. So, How likely do you think um, COE uh, coach Herbert is going to rest some of his star players leading into the World Cup? Do you think he'll um, still use these NBL1 East games to exercise his full rotation and roster as he would at the World Cup? Or do you feel like he'll take the opportunity to rest some players and, um, you know, probably refine some skills of the bench players in these situations i let me just see because it could it's one of those things that could come down to like day-to-day result-to-result kind of thing as to what chance they are of getting a top four spot because they're two games behind top four now you know if they get to a point where they're like okay we're going to finish fifth or sixth yeah, maybe. But also a World Cup is more important than NBL 1 East. Sorry to anyone who thought otherwise. Uh, but it is. So, I mean, I would say he'd probably get start getting into World Cup kind of mode. But I don't think he'll like fully, fully get into it. Like, okay, well, this is fully World Cup prep until their spot is until they're either definitely in or definitely out of a top four spot. Which is actually what we saw last year in the uh wildcard series again ironically against COE. Yeah, some teams were beating COE by 30 or 40. And Sutherland played COE in the wildcard series with like two weeks left in the regular season. And as soon as it became obvious that Sutherland weren't going to beat COE by the 30 or 40 they needed to secure the wildcard spot. It became a finals training run. It really did. So I wouldn't be surprised if COE do something similar once their spot's locked in. Yeah, they've, it sounds like they've actually got even more, if not more, to think about than the rest of the regular teams going into finals time with all of those uh, other things that they have to take care of. So, um, But certainly, I mean, I think we can still be confident that COE women are going to make the top six. Oh, Hundred percent, because I mean, if you look, uh, six at the moment is eight and six, and then seven and seven. So I don't think any enough of those teams are going to uh, jump what COE currently have. Um, also, like for them, it's also about finals because they're going to come straight back from a World Cup into finals. Which, they're young; they've got fresh legs. Young, fresh legs. Yeah, they, they recover quickly. 
wish I did. <laughs> yes. Oh, mm -hmm. gosh. Missed those days. <laughs> um, but uh, next on the ladder is Sutherland Sharks. Their win-loss record after round 12 is 10 wins and 5 losses. Mathematical prediction after round 18 is 15 and 7. Uh, bankers, they've got Illawarra and Hornsby Kuringai. 50-50s, Albury, Wodonga, Canberra and Maitland. T tell me first about the about Maitland in uh, 50 or 50-50. Well, it's an interesting one because if we finished talking about Shiloh Hill going to Asia Cup, let's talk about Lauren Nicholson going to Asia Cup potentially. Uh, so if Lauren Nicholson does go to Asia Cup, she'll be unavailable for the Maitland game and the Hornsby game at least. But Maitland, uh, Mila Wojcovic is, I think, may have left for college or has at least played her last game before she goes to college. So that's one that Sutherland, I think they would maybe not expect, but they'd like to think they could get a win without Lauren Nicholson on the court against Maitland and then without Horns, against Hornsby as well without Lauren Nicholson. Uh, so I think that's one where they sh I mean, that's, that's the one I'm saying they will certainly be able to get if they turn up on the day, although that Maitland Mustangs crowd is not fun to play in front of if it's anything like it is sitting in front of it as part of the away team. <laughs> so I went up there last year and it is a madhouse in there. But I think Albury, Wodonga and Canberra, and it's going to keep coming up, are the two really, really interesting games. And it stands for the same reason as we've mentioned before, just all the new players they've got. It comes as part of a very tough end to the season for Sutherland. So they go to Albury, they go to Canberra, and they have a home game against Manly sandwiched between those. So that is a very, very difficult final three games before finals for them. The Albury Wodonga, the Maitland game, I think the Sharks, whether like even without Nicholson, I think the Sharks will find a way to win that Maitland one, <laughs> even if they've got uh, Mila there, I think. And no, with Mila and no laws, I think Sharks will still beat Maitland on that occasion. <laughs> but the Albury and Canberra ones, oh, they're going to be so important <laughs> because if they, I think if, if Sutherland dropped those two, oof, they're... Uh, they're, they're going to be scraping in for top six if they drop those two. Yeah, if they were 13 and nine, then you're looking at maybe you need one or two results to go your way just to make sure that you finish top six. And you really don't want to finish seventh or eighth. You don't want to be away in an elimination final first up. No, no, that's no. literally the hardest possible outcome. Eighth, away to COE. Yeah, no, no thanks. Oh, no, but they would play fifth, wouldn't they? If they finished eighth, they would play fifth. If you finished seventh, you'd play sixth and you'd have to go away to a country team because it would be Maitland, Albury or Canberra yeah, at this stage. That's tough. Kind of not too, too far behind, but kind of in terms of win-loss record, it looks a little bit behind, but it's probably mm. just because of the difference in amount of games played. But Maitland are with a win-loss record of uh, eight and six, Mathematical prediction, if all goes well, is 11 and 11 to end the season. Bankers, Central Coast, Illawarra, and Penrith. 50 50 is Aubrey Wodonga. About the Bankers, um, Illawarra have been coming into, you know, they've been playing a little bit better the last couple of rounds, but um, I can't see anyone on that roster really shutting down Sydney Hunter. But given that the Central Coast have had such a monumental win against uh, Manly Warringah, last round 
I think this one could uh, be very, very close matchup. Yeah, these are if look, I call them bankers because they're the games you need to not only expect yourselves to win, but you need to expect the teams above you win. They're, yeah. they're, they're games you need to win, but they're not really. And especially now that Central Coast have just knocked off Manly, is it Penrith play Maitland on July 9th? So that could see Talia Tupaya playing for Penrith. We're not sure. No, not really sure on that one exactly what's going on there. But, I mean, they're bankers, but they're not 100% lock them in games by any stretch of the imagination for any of those games. Yeah, I agree. And because uh, Central Coast, yeah, coming off that really good game, the the last time Central Coast play and Maitland played, like the Crusaders just didn't turn up that day. <laughs> and uh, Maitland were firing on all cylinders. Um, mm-hmm. Next to their game against Newcastle where they won was probably one of their best games when they played against Central Coast. So it'd be interesting to see if they can back up and, and do it again. But it will be on their home court this time, so they will have that edge over the Crusaders in that in that account. Yeah, then they still got games, like you said, against Sutherland, Manly and Newcastle. So that's going to be super tough. Uh, Newcastle is likely going to, you know, really be gunning for that split. Hmm. Um, Manly, I can see winning. Sutherland, as we mentioned, probably a bit touch and go, maybe depending on personnel. Definitely, yes. We know Mila Wojcic is out going to college at some point very soon at Aubrey Wodonga game. Well, I've got it pegged as a loss for Maitland anyway and probably more likely now with the additions to the Aubrey Wodonga roster. But I guess a lot also rides on um, how well Madison Washington does for Maitland, their new second import. Uh, you know, she had a couple of games, but she's had two weeks of training under her belt now to really get into, into the swing of things with the team. She can uh, produce, then very much offset the uh, loss of uh, Miller. And given that it's, you know, it's kind of sounding like now this Sutherland, next Sutherland and Maitland game is going to be super important for both teams. Hmm. What are some of the matchups that you're looking forward to or think are going to be crucial for each team to give themselves the best chance? Live White in the paint for Sutherland. Um, I, I, I like referring to her as like a lighthouse in the paint. It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how fast you are. It doesn't matter how strong. You're not getting her out the way. She's not moving. So I, I would like to see, yeah, Liv White, uh, how well she goes just against Maitland, against, I guess, against Washington. I don't know, maybe Fabro, Eliza Fabro, maybe against Shakira Riley, just throwing, if, especially if Nicholson's not there, just throwing best player on best player kind of thing, which is what um, Sutherland did against Hornsby. They threw Lauren Nicholson on Christina Moore all game. And I mean, Christina actually drew 4,000 Nicholson, but, and that, I think that's a, uh, an option that you have a bit in this league is that you can guard players with less regard to size because it's not that big a league. And that's why, you know, Sutherland were able to guard more with Nicholson because Nicholson is fa- fairly tall for her position. Um, and it's a pretty undersized team for Hornsby. And I think um, in terms of matchups, you know, Olivia White, Sydney Hunter, I think that would be a great matchup because they're both super strong and both love a rebound. They certainly do. Yeah, that that will be fun as well. Yeah. And um, in that respect, you know, if, if Shaq is going to have the task of guarding Fabro, who's going to hmm. have the task from Maitland? You know, if Maitland doesn't have Wojkowicz, if she's not playing, uh, who's going to have the task of guarding Maddie Norris? Well, that could be, it could be White on Washington, Hunter on Norris. Yeah, that probably seems like a closer matchup. Actually, now mm. you mention it, so they've got they've got some backups. So they, I quite like the sounds of those matchups. So that's definitely going to be a pretty a pretty good game to keep our eye on as well. Mm. Watch out for the shack attack. 
<laughs> Getting into our last few teams, we've got Aubrey Wodonga Bandits who are making a real run at it in this tail end of the season. Their win-loss record is 7-7. Seven and seven. Mathematical prediction is also 11-11, and 11, just like uh, Maitland who we just spoke about. For As a fan, kind of would like to see two teams tied on the win-loss record and let it come down to the wire of results of other games impacting the results of someone else. As a fan, I say that, but, you know, we are we do have friends in each team, so we also hope that that doesn't happen to them. Um, <laughs> we have friends in every team. We have we friends in every team. You know, we just love basketball, guys, okay? We just love, we just love basketball. We're a fan of basketball and everyone in it. But, yeah, 11 and 11, Bankers, Central Coast, uh, I can, yeah, can um, ascend, that will be away, so Aubrey will host Central Coast, and so I, I think that's pretty much guaranteed that it, Aubrey will win that one. 50-50s, Bankstown, Canberra, Maitland, and top team, COE, North, Comets, Sutherland. Yeah, so I think this is another one. We spoke in the men's uh, episode about uh, Illawarra. You can throw the mathematical prediction out the window. I don't think you can do it to the same extent with Aubrey Wodonga just because of their tough schedule to finish things off. But uh, they can certainly do much better than the 11 and 11 they have. Playing Sutherland at home late in the season, that will certainly be a big one for them. I want to say more than 11-11. I just don't know where the extra win's going to come from and are they going to... I I think they'll win all their 50-50s. I think they will get over Maitland, Bankstown and Canberra, even with Izzy Bourne. It's kind of the team with the three new players against the team with the one new player kind of thing. And I think on the balance, Canberra, uh, Aubrey Wodonga will get the win. Certainly going, I think that Sutherland game is certainly the one where they should be eyeing off their best chance at victory. Comets as well, depending on the Shiloh thing, but I definitely think Sutherland, taking on Sutherland in Aubrey Wodonga really late in the season, uh, part of a really tough stretch for Sutherland. It's not going to be easy but I think that can get them to 12 and 10. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Aubrey Wodonga can definitely take that Sutherland game. Um, Like we said, extra personnel, but I think they'll have the edge um, on the inside game because they've still got Ash Hannon. They've now got uh, Mallory uh, to add to the list as well. They're the second import. Yeah, she's got a really, really nice touch under the basket. She's probably only got one or two games under her belt. I I would really like if she got a few more uh, touches in their offense to have some more scoring opportunities. Um, they came very close to COE in the last round. I feel like if they kind of gave Mallory Bates some more scoring opportunities and took away from some others. There are others in that team that I know it's probably their role to be a scorer, but now that they've got some backup, there's some shots that they probably don't need to be taking. Uh, and I think that little tweak will put Aubrey, make Aubrey even more competitive. But, yeah, I think for those reasons they can definitely beat Sutherland. Where the Comets have Shyla, it's, that's going to be a very, very good contest. Very that is going contest. to be really fun because now they've got Michaela Piriak, who is all-world defense, is all-world everything. And we also don't, as we mentioned with Comets, we don't know when that rescheduled second game is going to happen. Plenty to um, unpack. I do think Norse will get them. I think I think the Norse game you could probably say they'll get over the top of Aubrey Wodonga, but... Even that's less sure than it was. I think you can. I think you can bank four wins for them, and then there's definitely. I think there's at least 
two more in there for them if they turn up each and every week. And I think they can get to 13 and 9. If they end up with 13 and 9, I mean, that's uh, that would be just under centre of excellence. Uh, just under Sutherland too with that mathematical prediction. They would go up yeah. a, a good couple of spots, which would yeah, be I th- great. I, I think if they finish 13 and 9, I think 7th would be probably the worst mm. they would do. Not great, but better than 8th. Oh, anything's better than 8th. <laughs> Except 9th. Except 9th. And so rolling on, we've got Canberra Nationals mm. who are next. Their current win-loss record is 7 and 8. Mathematical prediction to end the season is 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. Uh Another interesting um, scheduling point is that they haven't played Illawarra yet and they play them twice in the next five rounds and they've also played Hills, so you could probably guarantee that they'll bank those games. Canberra have had a really up-and-down season so far. They really have. Injuries and ins and outs. Now they've got Izzy Bourne, but they are 7-8 and eight and the teams above them either have the wins on the board or have also improve themselves greatly. So they'll have a new advantage in, in Izzy, but they certainly give themselves a lot of work to do. They're similar to the Illawarra men's team. Is it going to be too little too late? Because mm. it's like the train's about to leave and they're still chasing the train mm. down. Um, yeah, really shaky start to the season. Like you said, injuries, um, also inconsistent personnel. Like there were mm. some, you know, I think they're also a team this season who haven't had a consistent starting five because of the changing personnel. Um, they also didn't have their coach for the first couple of rounds, I think, because Nat was still coming down off the WNBL season with Adelaide. So that's fair enough. But yeah, the Aubrey-Wodonga game is going to be really interesting. But I think they can really challenge Sutherland, uh, even with Nicholson, because I like the matchup between Lizzie Tonks and Nicholson. They're both, you know, both great scorers and facilitators, but also really great def- on-ball defenders. So that's a really nice matchup. But I do think North and Manly are going to have have the edge over Canberra yeah, in the closing rounds. Yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward for them. Yeah, I think like having Izzy born there for Canberra will be an advantage against Manly and also a little bit against Sutherland, but not to the same extent. But I don't think against Manly it's going to be a game changer. Although he did just drop 40 against the um... Yeah. No, now we're going back. I can't even remember what I said at the start of this episode. I'm pretty sure I said that that will be the main game changer. And now I'm just yeah. going back and contra- contradicting <laughs> myself. You know what? I think I will renege. I know that Izzy Bourne is going to be the X factor against Manly and be a really serious threat. But I just think the depth, now having a proper think, the depth of the Manly bench is probably going to win Manly that game. It will go deep into the fourth quarter that game. Um, yeah, lots to do for Canberra. Uh, and then the final team that are in finals contention for the women's competition uh, is Bankstown Bruins. Also a bit of a mixed bag this season. Their win-loss record is 6-8 and eight, with another also possible mathematical prediction of 11-11 and 11 to end the season. Uh, they've got Hills, Illawarra, Central Coast, Inner West, and Hills again. So another, another team who's playing... An opposition twice in five rounds, despite the season being 18 rounds. <laughs> so you, co- you guys can do the math on that absurdity. Yeah. Aubrey Wodonga to come, also Comets and Newcastle. Um, love to know your thoughts on the matchups with the Aubrey Wodonga game in Bankstown. Question first, is Cappy Capri Morrow going to be suiting up for them? I mean, if LJ is there and no Cappy, then... There's not a lot to, for them to match up with inside. They'll, they'll have Brittany Wright, but in terms of like 
starters. They're, they're certainly on a uh, on the quantity side. They're not going to have uh, quite the personnel to uh, match up with Aubrey Wodonga in the front court. Certainly going to be a tough one. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, even in terms of skill set, I think just the likes of Hannon and Jackson or um, Hannon and Mallory Bates in terms of reach got the advantage so you've got a good note here you know if uh central coast and bruins you know if bruins guarantee can guarantee a win against central coast given that if cappy's out hmm. the likes of hutchins and even when they play inner west domkins are going are going to have an opportunity to have a bit a field day in on the inside and last time inner west and bankstown played each other Dom- domkins had a pretty strong double double i think that hmm. was a game where she had like 20 and 20 yeah. Just a casual 20 and 20 casual or 20 thereabouts. I, I, I'm really glad that Bankstown, being their first time in NBL1 East, that they've turned up with a pretty decent team. Yeah, I can't see them making a run to make the top eight, to be honest. Yeah. If if Morrow is there for all those games against lower teams, they can take all five and at least maybe get into a... Uh, they could get into a three. There could be a three-way tie at eleven and eleven between Canberra, Maitland, and Bankstown. Uh, I yeah, I don't know that they can pick off Albury, Wodonga, Comets, or Newcastle, which are their other three remaining games. If Morrow's there, I can see them getting to eleven and eleven, but I'm not sure they'd have the split. And if she's out, then I, I just feel they'll drop one. They're definitely on the outside looking in. Just as well, they. They still only have six wins. I mean, they have games in hand on Cam on a game in hand on Canberra, but uh, I'd rather have the win in the, you know, the win in my pocket than a game in hand. And that rounds out the the top ten as it stands <laughs> after round twelve. Um, so, given everything that we've said, Lockie, who are you predicting to make the top eight at by the end of the se- regular season? Well, the top six teams lock them in. Uh, they'll all make it. Uh, can't I can't see them falling out. I'm going to go Albury Wodonga. Will utilize those additional players that they've uh, picked up and grab a twelfth win. I've already said that Canberra will lose to Albury, which means I'm then for them to make finals. I'm banking on them losing to North Manly or Sutherland, or Maitland losing to Central Coast Illawarra or Penrith. Yeah, that's really tight. That's really, really tight. I think I think you're right mm. in the ways so of thinking. It, it might even be Maitland just on the strength of the, what they've already got. What's the split? What's the split? So head-to-head, Canberra have the head-to-head over Maitland. Yes, they do too. Yes, because they played each other quite early in the season. They did. Uh, but then I've, then I've got to figure out, will Canberra beat North, Manly or Sutherland? I really think Canberra can test Sutherland. Depth of bench as well, though. Mm. Sutherland might have an edge because, I mean, now that, you know, Emily Garland had a great start to the season, but now mm. that Nicholson's back, she's been moved to the bench, which is not so good for Emily Garland in terms of court time, but <laughs> good for the team overall when it comes mm. to the crunch, you've got a strong bench. Yeah. It's really going to come between Maitland and Canberra, isn't it? Because I think you're right. I think Aubrey are going to make a really strong kind of campaign into finals and cement a spot in top eight. But mm. I think it will depend whether Maitland or Canberra fall out. I'm going to go the big call and say Canberra knock off one of those top three teams and get the split over Maitland and make eight spot. Ooh. 
good call. Okay, so you, either Sutherland of those top three of those top teams, I think Canberra could knock off Sutherland. It's, oh, no, in, Ca- it's in Canberra as well. It's in Canberra as well, so that's going to help. Yeah. Oh, they will really test Manly though. Mm. And Maitland, see, I wonder if Central Coast can get the win against Maitland. And yeah, that I was also game. thinking that that Central Coast, yeah, Maitland, yeah, can one of them get the win? Over. And that would be a game that they drop. Yeah, that could happen as well, and then it would just be Canberra make getting to eleven and eleven, and Maitland ten and twelve. Gosh, that's so tight. But just around, <laughs> and then that's and if they all do finish eleven and eleven, and Bankstown win all five of their games against the bottom five, then they're in there tight as well. It is really too tight. It's really tight. We we could see ourselves very well in a situation where we have three teams tied at 11 and 11 by the end of the season um, and it will just go on percentages. If that's the case, if anyone from those teams actually listened to the podcast, uh, I highly recommend you lock down on D and uh, make as many layups as possible because it's going to come down to percentages. It very well could, and it might not just come down to percentages for who in, who makes finals, but what position teams get in the finals. Yes, of course, that's the thing. Like once you've got, I think especially for the teams that are pretty much guaranteed a spot in the top eight, it, you would still go want to go in with a mindset of thinking about the percentages purely for positions. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You want to. You never know when you could end up in a three way tie or just a percentage loss, whatever tiebreaker you might fall into. Because if you look at Norse and Comets, they're, you know, Norse third, Comets fourth, but they're both on 11 and 2. Norse have got the edge because of the percentage. But you don't want to be Norse and happen to slip into fourth and then play Manly, the one team that you've lost to twice in the season. 100%. Um, so just to confirm, when, we, when Lockie said before the top six are probably a lock, that was Manly, Newcastle, North. Sydney Comets, Centre of Excellence, and Sutherland Sharks. And then predicting that Aubrey is going to come good and take that seventh spot (laughs) and a possible three-way tie for the eighth spot uh, between Maitland, Canberra, and Bankstown. But if I had to pick a team, I'm going to go Canberra. Mm, Correct. My goodness, it is tight. It is so tight and... I'm just looking, it's it's going to stay tight, I think, because I don't think this week, in terms of that like spot for through 7th to 10th fighting for the last two spots, there's not a lot of games, at least this weekend. Like They don't play each other, you know, anytime soon, so in the next couple of weeks. So uh, Albury, so Albury would longer play Bankstown on Saturday, June 24th. So I guess that'll be the first game that'll really, really be big unless there's a mammoth upset this coming weekend. And I think some uh, games to keep your eyes on as well in terms of, you know, we, we know we can probably guarantee the top six are probably a lock, but uh, in round 13, Sutherland play North and North play COE. So they're going to be two important games in terms of placement and percentages as well. Certainly, yes. Whilst I said the top six are probably a lock, their positions definitely are not. No, no. So we could we we know they'll be in the top six, but where they'll land the top six mm. is going to be really tricky. Yes. Oh my gosh, we got through it, Lockie. Um, <laughs> gosh, it's going to be a very exciting season and race to the final. But uh, yes, uh, yeah. I mean, we've got five rounds to go, plenty of games to play. Um, potentially not a lot of rest for the top teams between now and if they make NBL1 nationals. But um, that's pretty much our future 
our uh, finals forecast for the women's competition in MBL one else 2023. Um, it's going to be exciting. It is going to be outrageous. But uh, all eyes on the ladder as, uh, yeah, as we wrap up this episode. So thanks again for joining me, Lockie, and for all of your hard work. Oh, I got you. 